Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Why do the natures conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule trembling. Kiss his son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Thank you, Zaria. If you had only the book of Psalms, so we're kicking off a new series today, Um, we're going to, over the next six or seven weeks or so, look at a number of, 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 of what's called in the Bible Psalms. It's, it's a collection of songs used in the worship of God's people and poems and so forth. 150 of them, just to put you in the context, if you're new to church or new to the Bible, you find this sort of roughly in the middle of your Bible. There's about 150 of, of these psalms and, and, and poems and songs. Let's say that's the only thing you had in the Bible. You had nothing before it, you had nothing after it. I've heard it said recently that you could form a pretty accurate picture about who God is and what he's like and what it means to live in a relationship with him by just looking at those Psalms. Um, Gideon's is is a Bible distribution uh, group and, and, and does wonderful work. And they always, in their little Bibles, include a New Testament and the Psalms. I've always wondered why they add the Psalms there. And I, I think, I don't know actually what the official reason is, but I think it has to do with this. It's because we see in these Psalms a picture, 
again, of who God is, what he's like, and what it means particularly to live in a relationship with him. The, the, the richness of what it involves to live your life as a child of God. And, and we're going to see the various aspects of that over the next number of weeks. Today, we're kicking it off, obviously, starting at the beginning. Psalm 1. I've read both Psalm 1 and 2 because they're a single work, but we're just looking at Psalm 1 today. And Psalm 1 started with, with this line. I'm just going to keep that, that up there for the whole time. You can follow along. I wanted to have the whole thing up there. You can have your Bible open as well or on your, on your screen or, um, or, or your hard copy. And just, just follow along as we sort of unpack this, this, this poem. It starts with this. It says... Blessed, or blessed, is the one. I would often sign off on an email, blessings, <laughs> Etienne, or a text message. Maybe you might say to someone often, bless you, but, but I had to grapple with that a bit this week. What do I mean <laughs> when I say that? When I say blessings to you at the end of an email, what do I expect that would mean for you? Good things, yeah, sure. Um, yep. Um, certainly good things. What sort of good things? Can we be more specific? I mean, that's the trick. It's totally right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to press you, but that's sort of the, the, the thing that we grapple with. I, I, I recently did... Um, course of studies on the Psalms and the, uh, a man called David Firth who, who, who took us through this, he, he defined what it means to be blessed in this way. He said, it's to be in the sweet spot. If, if I look at you and I say, you know what, your life, Stan, you're in the sweet spot. You really have it good. You're blessed. Truly in the sweet spot. That's sort of roughly what it, a good Australian way of thinking about what, what it means to be blessed, but we still haven't answered the question. What is it that puts Stan in the sweet spot? What is the good thing, as Dini rightly points out, that we hope would happen to a person who we would say, bless you? There are many things, but what does Psalm 1 thinks when it says blessed? We'll see the first thing today in Psalm 1 and then a second thing in Psalm 2 next week. Here's what Psalm 1 thinks. I'm going to skip over the first verse and go to the next one. Blessed is the one, the first line, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. <laughs> All right? Here are some questions. What does the law of the Lord mean? The Hebrew word is Torah. It literally means instruction. For the psalmist, it probably was the first five books of the Bible at the time when this was written. Later on, maybe some... Books of the first five books of the Bible, some prophets for you and me, 
What is it? Oh, Zaria's got the Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah, bring it back to me, Zaria, because I think I need him for, for, for a bit. <laughs> Thank you, Zaria. No, it's great. I would never go against anyone who wants to hold on to a Bible. Um, the Torah, the law of the Lord, the instruction about who God is, what he has done, and how he's inviting us to live. That's the law. Where we see and what we see in here about who God is, what he has done, and how he's inviting us to live. The person who says, this is my delight to begin with, that person is blessed. That person is in the sweet spot. But more than just delighting in it, it uses this word meditate on it day and night. Meditate. That's the image that comes to mind when you read that word, doesn't it? We, we, we have this knack for wanting things to be highly complicated and, and technical and we think this is some acquired thing that we need to master and these, these levels that we need to climb and eventually you might end into this spot that is, you know, this nirvana-like, if I can bother, borrow the other religion term, where you enter into this high levels of spirituality and the longer you do it, the better you get, the more you get your stripes. <laughs> it's not what it has in mind. Thankfully, God in his loving goodness and mercy has something so much more accessible, so much better in mind when he gives us this word, meditate. Hagar is the word in, the, in Hebrew. Uh, and don't get me wrong, we, we need to learn methods and skills in how to make sense of the Bible. We need preachers, we need preachers' workshops and small groups and studies and all those sorts of things. But, but, but do you know what? When, when you read the word Hagar, the first thing that you need to understand it means is to do this. I'm going to illustrate it to you. I want you to imagine that it is Saturday morning or Thursday evening or, you know, <laughs> you're in your car at the bluff while your kid's playing soccer or you're in hospital or your lunch break where you're alone. I don't know where you go. But perhaps more importantly than being on your own, you're with your spouse or you're with your family. Perhaps more importantly and even than that, you're at Pathway to Life on Sunday morning, the 11th of September, and at some point during the service, a girl comes up here, and this is what she does. She opens this word, and she reads, and she says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way that sinners sit on the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Read it. That's the simple understanding of Hagar. The simple understanding of meditate on this day and night. (laughs) Read it. And can I urge you to do this? On your own, out loud, 
you, you feel half crazy at first, but when you hear yourself, you hear it, you speak it, you see it, you hold it. <laughs> you and I as believers have the power of the spirit inside us that will take your reading of it and empower it to do something in you that will never leave you the same. It's what meditating on the word does to us. Just read it. Yes, there'll be questions. Yes, stuff needs to be explained. Yes, you may need to follow it up. Yes, we need all the other things. But to start with, just read it out loud. What will happen to you? What will you become like if you do this? That person that's in the sweet spot, <laughs> that's blessed, <laughs> that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yields its fruit in season, leaf doesn't wither. wither. Shout out to me when you think of this. What picture comes to your mind? Just describe it. I need the artistic people. A tree that's planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither. Devotion? Sorry? Uh, a flourishing. Sorry, flourishing. Thank you, John. Yeah, John mentioned flourishing. Yeah, uh, you're right. And, and flourishing often in our minds, if we... I mean, this is a poem, right? It works with, with metaphors, and, and that's a lot of the fun stuff about the Psalms. It's poetry, and so... For those who hate poetry, the next few weeks might be long. But, um, but this is what we think, right? Um, lavish, established, huge trees, except it's probably fair to say that what the psalmist had in mind when he mentioned and used this image of a tree planted by streams of water, he probably had in mind something like this. This is a fruit tree. I bought it yesterday. This afternoon, I'm going to take this fruit tree. I'm going to dig a hole in the ground. I'm going to put some compost in there. I'm going to close it up. I'm going to build a bit of a structure around it to protect it from the dog and the kids and whatever other feral elements exist in my backyard and roam there freely. I'm going to stake it up and then over the years I'm going to nourish it, I'm going to protect it, I'm going to prune it, I'm going to look after it and the reason why this tree is going to do well over the years, I hope, is because, if I can push the Psalms metaphor here a little bit, is because this tree is going to know me. That's why it's going to do well. Now come with me to the psalm again, if you would. Um, psalm 1 ends with this verse, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. That is an unfortunate translation into our English Bibles. The Lord doesn't watch over the way of the righteous. It literally says the Lord knows the way of the righteous. That Hebrew word's come up in our preaching before in weeks and months gone by. It's the word yada. It includes everything from intellectual knowledge to Adam 
knows his wife Eve. And by that he talks about physical intimacy, all of it. It's a rich word that describes an intimate and a deep knowledge of two parties, of each other. Your blessedness, my dear friends, is dependent on how deeply you are known and nourished and protected and pruned by the God whom you see in the Torah. It's that God who you see so clearly and so lovingly, who he is, what he's done, primarily what he's done for you in Jesus. And you say yes to him and he fills you with his spirit and you know what that's like? It makes you this fruit tree that he plants, that he nourishes, that is known, protected, pruned and loved by him. And that means you're in the sweet spot. (laughs) You're blessed. Utterly, utterly blessed. And so, church, the question is a simple one for us this morning. At this point, are you blessed? Are you increasing in blessedness? Are you growing in blessedness? Do you know God? Does God know you? Is your knowledge your yada of him increasing as you see him and as you're meditating. And not just through that, but through all of life's circumstances, you know him better and deeper. Psalm 1 says that's one way your life can go. Or it can go another way. And this will lead me to my conclusion. We'll go back to verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the company of mockers. You hear the word wicked. First thing you think about is pedophiles, rapists, those sorts of things. Types of people. Maybe. but I think we need to understand that Psalm 1 defines wickedness differently. If being blessed is to know God and be nourished by Him and fed by Him, the God who we see in the instruction, wickedness is simply the opposite of that. If we don't know God, Suffering, struggling, perpetually moving further and further and further and further away. Do you notice the beautiful imagery of that verse? It goes from walking, right, to standing. Eventually, you're sitting. This is the way that sin takes us, takes your life. He's taking our culture. The recent census was the first census where Australians have by and large reported a minority who says that they're religious or or, or Christian. 
maybe 100 years ago, by the majority of Australians, Christianity was viewed as a, as a good thing, even if they didn't believe it. It wasn't personal, wasn't life-changing, certainly weren't trees planted, but a good thing. And then we've moved to Christianity is one of many good things. We started to go from walking to standing. And lately we're starting to sit pretty comfortably. Unless you wear the jersey, sporting the cultural zeitgeist values, talking about the manly seven, you're the bad guy. If you dare pray to the loving God who created people for his healing of them, you're going to jail. Because you're the wicked one. Right? Walking, standing, sitting. And of course, the psalm spells the second way out. Sobering words, which I won't dwell on overly deeply today. But the result is that instead of becoming trees, I've got an apple tree in my garden. It's five years old. I love looking at it now, how thick the trunks become. Substantial, weighty, stunning and beautiful. <laughs> we become like chaff. Vain, weightless, insubstantial, right? <laughs> and in the end, will not stand in the judgment or in the assembly of the righteous. To finish up, Psalm 1 simply presents to us the choice. Right at the outset of a book that tells us who God is, what he's like, what he's done, what it means to live in a relationship with him, it invites us, it invites you today, right, and me. Either to be people who are, who are known by God as he is seen in his word, particularly in Jesus, filled with his spirit, bearing fruit unto eternity. Do you want to be that person? Or do you want to not be known by him? Not wanting to know him and therefore withering and dying unto eternity. The choice is ours to make. And I can say these words now, signing off on this sermon, knowing what I mean by it. May God bless you as you live in that choice or make that choice or consider that choice. May you be blessed. Pray, pray with me, please. God, I pray for the abundant pouring out of your blessing upon every single person here. Trees that are planted, may they be nourished to become bigger, heavier, Father, I pray for my friend here, if there be one or more, who are not sure. But who'd love to be a tree. Would you bless him? Would you bless her? Would you take her today 
And if that's you, echo my prayer in your heart. Dear Lord, I'm not really sure, but it sounds good to be a tree. I want to be one. Would you take me? Would you plant me? Would you grow me? Would you show me what it's like? Let my life, please, go down this path where I am known by you and where I know you. Bless me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, music team. You can lead us in a song of response. It's usually a song we sing before the sermon. I deliberately ask for it to be sung after the